Hello, and welcome to the Go Take Pictures podcast, where we spend time getting to know people who've decided to use photography to communicate in powerful ways. And the question I want to ask, how do they balance making art with being a real person? How does photography fit into their family, their job, struggles, and everyday life? At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping to know where the art comes from and then share that with you. My guest on this episode is Chris Orwig. Chris is a Southern California-based portrait photographer and educator. He is well-known in the photography world for his engaging tutorials, soulful portraits, and inspiring leadership. He's also an ambassador for Sony. This was a long conversation. We went pretty deep and took some side roads on our way to getting at the reasons we both love photography. I think you're going to love it. Chris, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time. It is uh, kind of a fun Friday afternoon. Uh, we've been trying to make this happen. Uh, we've been talking for a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited to have you on the podcast to get to know a bit more about you and just kind of your history and your background and, and where you've come from and, and where you're going. Yeah, I'm wonderful to be here. And likewise, I'm excited to get to know you better. I mean, that's the best thing about photography to me is the people that you meet and that because we have this common interest. And for me, that's that's kind of the, the the secret. It's not all about the image, right? It's about these connections. Right. So I, I'm equally yeah. as excited. Good, good. Well, that's, I think uh, it's for, for the listeners, people who've been listening to the, the few podcasts we have so far, I've talked about how there's certain friends that I have that have become some of my closest friends, even just in the last couple of years over these bonded experiences where we have nothing else in common. It, it, none of it really makes any sense. Um, we, we kind of, kind of think, how would we have met if it weren't for photography? And yet there are these people that, um, I trust them implicitly and, you know, we've stayed up all night in cars. We've slept, uh, on the, on the ground next to our tripods. We've, you know, kind of built all that stuff out together. So yes, yes. Agreed. And, and I find there these people who I was just thinking, I got a comment from a friend slash kind of a hero of mine on Instagram. He said something nice about something I had posted and I was just like, Oh my gosh, that means so much. Cause it's one thing if like your mom or, you know, someone says this, this photo is great. And then you look at their Instagram feed and you're like, wow, of course they thought it was great. They're just at the very beginning of their journey. But then when Anyway, it's just nice to have people who are in the trenches with you. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah. And, and uh, that you're connected with, like you said, for no other reason. And I sometimes think of them kind of like summer camp friends. What I mean by that is oh, like, yeah. these people you can see once a year at a conference when we had conferences. And you're completely connected, completely close. You're all in. You do all this amazing stuff. And then you go and live your life the rest of the year. But then you can always right. pick up right where you left off. And I found photography... Is, is kind of that, that key or that passport or that thing for me. So, so I love that, yeah. you know? No, that's great. Uh, summer camp. I love that. <laughs> my, both of my boys actually, before everything got totally out of control, were both working at a, uh, at a summer camp. Okay. And it's kind of interesting because my, my oldest son, his, a bunch of his friends are coming over here in about a half an hour. So, um, and they're, it's kind of a continuation of summer camp. They're just, love they're trying to keep the community going, which is pretty cool. It's going to get loud. My wife went and bought some uh, snacks and things, but, um, yeah. I, I really value that. Yeah. And then maybe let's just pick up on that for a second. If you look at what summer camp is, it's a place where the normal rules don't exist. And what I mean by that is, you know, at least when I was a kid, went to summer camp, I never looked in a mirror for a whole week. So there's no self-consciousness in that way. <laughs> right. You do adventurous, silly things. Like I remember this one thing where there was a bridge 
and we part of half of the cabin guys were up top with water and we had Kool-Aid mix in our mouth and they poured water into our mouths 20 feet away and we had whatever you know we had some crazy name for it but basically you do these crazy fun things and it gives you an excuse to kind of live be present experience life again in the same way the camera does for me you know yeah. it it gives you this excuse to say hey why not i have this camera i'm going to go hike up to that spot or i'm going to go meet that person or do this thing so so i love that that part of it yeah that's fantastic uh, I love that. Making Kool-Aid in your mouth. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, those silly camp things you do. Yeah. My, my, one of my kids may have come home, um, you know, talking about eating hot sauce packets and stuff like that. Yeah. After the summer. <laughs> and, and to be clear, they weren't even there for camp. They were working there. They yeah, were, yeah. One of them was on the work crew and one was a counselor in training. Yeah. So, that's great. Uh, <laughs> it's good times. So, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Chris, would you, for those people who are listening who maybe don't know who you are, would you share a little bit about your career and, and yourself? Yeah, and love love that question. It's wide open, obviously. So I'll just kind of go back to fourth grade for me. I'm in Mrs. Har- love it. Harper's class. And fourth grade, for some reason, that those early years were magical and just loved being a kid, curious imagination and everything. And we had to write a, a little, create a little book, write a story about something that meant something to us. And mine was all about living life to the fullest and taking risks. And, and there's these, this little story and I still have it. It's, you know, has this like yellow cover with crayon markings on it and horrible spelling and all this stuff. But I think back to that is, you know, people often say, go back to when you were a kid, what was it that you really enjoyed? What were you really all about? And for me, um, my whole, I think life trajectory has been about kind of seeking for a way or an, an, uh, an answer to the question, how do we live well? And how do we then inspire others to do the same? I mean, to go back to summer camp, just, I don't know why we hit that topic, but we did, I guess I brought it up, but it's like those counselors, they taught you, they inspired you how to live a full life, even though you're walking through a muddy creek and it was like the best muddy creek in the entire world. And it didn't matter, except they just invented this way of of living life. Or when bad things happened and would invent ways, you know, something falls in the sand, you know, this didn't happen, but I could see it happening. Like, one kid drops her hot dog in the sand. The counselor then drops his in the sand. And everyone drops hers in the sand. And then we all eat sandy hot dogs. And it's like the best memory of your whole life. Um, <laughs> right. and, and so anyway, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, the, what's underneath my career, I guess, is that question, how do we live well? And then how also do we inspire others to live well? That's then led me a lot of different places. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's, that's great. I love it. <laughs> and, and maybe why I'm starting there too is because, I mean, it's, you know, I could rattle off the things. What have I done? You know, a few magazine covers here, a few celebrities here, worked for great brands, Google, Facebook, um, mm-hmm. Patagonia, Adobe, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, great. For me, at least when I hear those things, I think yawn, yawn, good for you. Um, I wish I was you, you know, but I think for me, when I strip all of that away, it, it, it is a deeper question of who are we, why are we, and then how the camera has helped me to ask those questions and really as a way to, in portraiture in particular, to meet people in search of wisdom. Or I was just doing an edit yesterday I did with Chris Burkhardt, a, 
great landscape adventure photographer mm -hmm. we all probably know, but um, he just said something about in this interview about getting out into the landscape on his bike and trying to get there in a way that it slows him down. And so that's the difficulty of the, tr the route slows you down so that you can pause to listen to the landscape, to hear what it has to say to you. And I thought, Oh my gosh, dude, it's about listening, right? Um, it's about slowing. Um, and so it's not about accolades. It's not about achievement. Those are fine byproducts. It's always about, I think, uh, being open to what the universe, God, your friend, the tree, the muddy creek is trying to tell you. I love that. <laughs> it's kind great. of a weird rambling answer, but <laughs> hey, I, you know, I'm I'm all about weird rambling answers. No, I I love that. It's um, that's that's it's profound, and I, I love the, how that ties into just this how we started talking about camp, and um, I think I've I've heard people talk about mountaintop moments. And, and that, you know, when you, you know, coming down from the mountain that, you know, you, you bring back that vision to show other people and it's not really about, uh, I think, I think a really good person with vision, that's a good communicator. They're not coming back to say, look at what I made. They're saying, look at what I saw. Yeah. And look and, at how yeah. that mountain changed me or, yeah you know, it, it, I think especially mountains, I like biking. There's mountains right outside my window here where I bike all the time and, People and people often ask me, my friends are like, why do you get up so early and do all this? And I say, well, I don't know. I think it, it strips away my ego. And, and when you, when you suffer, which you have to do to climb a mountain, any way, shape or form, hike, walk, bike, whatever, um, that, that is, is a, it's a, it's a freeing process. I think, you know, cause when we, I think we become so self-absorbed, right. As photographers, we have to, we have to focus on our gear, our kit, where all the, our skills, what's happening, make sure we get all this stuff. But I think we get to that moment of freedom when we let go of all of that, we focus literally and figuratively on something else. And, um, and part of the sharing, I think, is wanting other people to experience a freedom, which may be like the shot on the mountaintop with the arms up and we're yeah. psyched. But it's right. also the internal freedom, too, of like, you know, yeah, I, I know when I've been on top of mountains, I'm like, OK, like I can handle these things I'm going through right now or um, I don't know. It changes you. Right. And so that's right. part of it. I always um, it's interesting because I've spent a decent amount of time backpacking and hiking and get out in the outdoors. And there's a couple places in Oregon where, where I live, where I've told my wife, I said, we have to go here. You have to backpack. And she's like, I'm not doing that. She's not a camper. Um, and my stock response is always, and I, and I stand by this. I think she's missing out, <laughs> but I always say like this, this place, you can't, you can't experience it at dawn if you don't backpack in there. Yeah. Like there's, there's a amount of suffering, not even suffering, but just hardship and hard work that is required to be a part of certain things. And, uh, it's interesting. That's an interesting kind of a, where that meets up with what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, backpacking, the food always tastes better. The sunsets are always more beautiful, <laughs> all these things because you put in a little bit of effort, like you said. And, right. and um, if, if someone you're, friend was a billionaire and had a helicopter and could drop you off at sunset and you could watch it it would be cool 
but a different kind of cool. Um, but the fact that you, <laughs> yeah. you walked out there and you left things behind and you're self-sufficient and I don't know that I, I do think there are some secrets there. Um, there's some reason why people who backpack a lot like yourself, they, they have this contentedness about them. Like it, it, every backpacker I've ever met on a trail, they're good people, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's cause it changes you. It affects you. You're going through a process of journey, you know, anyway. So I, lo- yeah. I, I love that. No, I love that. What I feel like, um, I, I'll tell you living in Portland, especially right now, it's gray and rainy here today. And whenever I see your Instagram photos, your, your Instagram, uh, stories, arriving at dawn at the top of a mountain i'm so jealous because i know that i know what it's like to experience to to experience being up there and you had to work to get there and and to go oh this is amazing and now i get to ride back down yes yes yeah after (laughs) after daylight's come up yeah and in a way i've kind of come to realize like i need those sunrises and i you know i get like it depends on where we live and how we craft life but i i need those and then and then I get back and I'm there before often my kids are awake and I can still get breakfast on the table and get kids ready for school and, and, and all of that. And so, I mean, that, that goes back to, I think part of your pursuit in this podcast is kind of asking, how do we, how do you do both? And which is, this yes. is at least my own question is how do I live well, but then also really go for it in life and do it in a way where, um, I can still do family hundred percent and still do all this other stuff. hundred percent. Well, is there 200%? No, but there's a way to somehow uh, find, find these, these mixes. So that's, that's what really intrigues me, I guess. So, okay. So let's just dive into that. So you have, you have a family, Yeah. you, you, you have a whole life that's outside of your profession. Uh, I would love to know more about, about that. Where do you, you know, Tell me, tell me about them. Tell me about what that's like for you. Yeah. So I married my high school sweetheart. We've dated since um, I was 16 and she was 15. And in high school, we broke up 11 times, which is really funny, <laughs> really stable foundation for a relationship. But actually, it, in a strange way, I think it was because it was we learned to grow and to evolve and change together. Um, but then uh, three kids, um, eight, 13 and 16, all girls, mm. um, girl, dog girl chickens right over there in the chicken coop. So I'm, you know, I'm outnumbered, but I, I, I love, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, but yeah, so, so for me, you know, as I got into photography, I was starting to really, it was resonating with me and I was, I was trying to figure out, well, how do I, how do I get better? How do I do more? I came across someone's book. So I'm going to qualify this. I'm going to go a little negative here, but I'm going to do that in tribute to Plutarch, the uh, Greek philosopher who once said, okay. music to find harmony must investigate discord. And I love that. Mm. Like you can't just, yeah. you know, or, or Edison said, you know, discontent is a necessity of innovation, you know, so we can't just, it's not just about Pollyanna positivity, you know, but sometimes you have to say, okay, this is what I don't want in order to determine what I do want. And mm-hmm. so I was reading a book, epic photographer, legendary person at the end of the book it said you know sorry to my three kids that i was never here for you thanks for understanding blah 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 and it went on and it was part of it and i was like oh my gosh that will never be me uh, photography is important but i'm never going to write those lines in a book sorry for missing your birth and he had all these things that he had missed and it's not a judgment against him i think we all choose our own life path and and that's fine and um but 
what we have to do is whenever we see someone else's path that resonates in a negative or positive way, really pay attention to that. And so for me, it was like, okay, I want to figure out how to craft a life where I'm, you know, becoming my best self, always learning, making a difference in the world somehow, even if it's just a dent um, and in doing all of this and, you know, being a family man, like that's, there's nothing more valuable, more important, uh, better than, than that. So, so anyhow, anyway, that, that really early on started me on that path. And so I think for photographers who are starting out or wherever you are, it's just worthwhile to ask those questions. Like whose path do you want to follow? Because there's lots of ways to do this thing we call photography. Um, meaning, I have one friend who has gazillion followers on Instagram. I don't remember the number, but a few hundred thousand. And he he works a day job and does all this astro night stuff, night photography. And he just, just decided, I like the consistency of a day job. I like the freedom of doing photography. And he just, that's the life he's decided to, to carve out for himself. And it's like, that's sure. freaking amazing. You know, other people decide... I'm going to live in the van for the whole year and, you know, pick up or, but I guess my point with all of this is that there's lots of ways to do it. And what I've found, cause I've taught, worked with a lot of students is it's really important to begin to ask the questions, well, how do you want to do it? And, and how, or how do, you know, I, or we want to do that because if we don't decide someone else will decide for us and then we'll right. end up living a life that we kind of regret. And that's like, you know, not going to happen for me, you know, and I don't want it to happen yeah. for anyone. So that was important to you. So how did you, what, what's, what's the career that you crafted? How do you, how'd you make that work so that you're there? So you're present. So you don't have to write those letters to your daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, that, yeah, it's a good question. That is, that is the question. One was I decided I wasn't going to do the big city thing because at the time, if you wanted to be a photographer, it's different now with Instagram, but you had to live in LA, Chicago, New York, or Atlanta or something, you know, you, that's the only way you could survive, um, it, with a, you know, uh, kind of a livable wage really. So I was like, I'm not going to do that because I, I value smallness. I value nature. I value outdoors. I value all those kind of things. So that was one of the values on my list, so to speak the family stuff where I can do that, you know, um, and a place. So, so it was kind of finding a place and then finding a way to do that, which meant, um, putting together a few different pieces. So for me, it, teaching was really a big part of that. Cause I start, I realized early on, shoot, if I can teach, I can also do photography, but then the teaching can give me buoyancy that I wouldn't, that could allow me to live somewhere else. And then on top of that, I had a couple other kind of values, which were, and I learned this in graduate school, never to work or study back in school on nights or weekends. And hmm. I don't, it's not a hundred percent of the time, but I would say 98% of the time. I mean, okay, I'll go to a conference and if I'm at a conference for three days and if there's an event at night, I'll go to the event. So it's not like, right. but tonight I'll have dinner with my kids. Last night I had dinner with my, the night before, I mean, the last, you know, I mean, it's COVID, of course, as well. But when you do a, a career that you love, it's very easy to either justify or just to fall into the habit of working these different times. And for me, I was like, that's just a non-negotiable. Um, right. And then that helped steer what kind of work I did, what kind of work I accepted, um, and, and sort of created that flow. So that I think that those kind of things can be really 
helpful to people. Um, for example, let me just give, you know, cause if you're, someone's yeah. listening and they're like, well, that's easy for you to say or something. But when I would work with students and I'm like, okay, let's craft the ultimate life, you know, and we'd sit down and they're like, yeah, I, I want to, um, you know, I, I want to do, I love clubs. I love music. And I want to do all this club. And I'm like, awesome. He's like, yeah, but I have a, a little kid at home. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well just remember, you know, every weekend, cause those events, they're, they're Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes you're gone. And so if you're going to do that, then you got to figure out where your Friday night is, is that Tuesday morning with your family. And he was like, Oh, I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, um, <laughs> right. and, and again, then now my analogies are falling apart, but I guess it's just having a level of intentionality. Um, I can relate to that. I yeah. can completely relate to that. Yeah. Tell yeah. me how, tell me how, cause I've been talking so much. I'm sick of well, no, so, voice. <laughs> well, I, I, when I was, uh, going through college, I was a music major in college. And I actually recorded an album, was was going out and playing coffee shops and clubs and anywhere I could as a singer songwriter. I had a we I had a band. We toured around college camp, you know, did did the college campus tours in Oregon, and we tried to do as much as we could. And then my I got married. My wife we got pregnant with our first son, and I was still trying to go out and play like every Friday, Saturday night, and I had a regular job. And I remember at one point, um, I was, I was at my church and my, I sat down with our pastor and we were just talking and I said something about, yeah, I'm trying to figure out vision for my life and where I'm going. And he just like, you're not going to be a rock star, bro. You have a baby. So figure that out. And it's, it was really interesting because it was a first step towards deciding. And, and I, I had many times after that where I had to work weekends and nights. I worked in the car business for a couple of years. It was awful. It was really, really hard, but I learned so many great things there. And over time, I've been able to slowly say, okay, how do I make this work? So when I started being a photographer full-time about four, a little over four years ago, I made a conscious decision to work with business owners because I could work during business hours. And then I said, babies, families, and weddings are going to be off the table because that stuff happens on weekends and evenings. Yeah. So that was kind of my, how I built it. And occasionally I'll pick up, you know, I'll do something on a weekend when it's like, that's the only time the client's available, you know, yeah. and it's, and I check with my wife and I go, is it worth it for this much money? She's like, yeah, it's worth it. Yes. yes but, yeah. but I've, I kind of crafted that on purpose that I said, so there's certain kinds of work I'm just not going to pursue because those have to happen at times when my family is home and wants me here. Yeah. And maybe that, and I love hearing you describe that. I think, um, I think of a friend of mine who is a, he's now, you know, super famous surf photographer and I love surfing, live in California and on the, on the coast. And, um, he travels basically 10 months out of the year. I mean, not now cause COVID, but, um, and in order to chase the swells around the world, travels with all the best surfers in the yeah. world. And so as I started to consider, do I do surf photography? I was like, no, I, that's, that's not for me. I mean, it's awesome for him, but what I can do is portraiture. I can do portraits of surfers and I've gone on to photograph, you know, a lot of the top surfers in the world. Um, yeah. because what happens is when there isn't surf, they kind of have nothing to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, so they, they have like business hours free. They're, they're like, right. Can we meet at 11? They're like, yeah, I'll probably be up by then. Like, why don't we meet from like 11 to like, 
the whole day I'm doing nothing, you know? Um, I love it. <laughs> and, and so that for me was a way to still pursue something I'm passionate in, but to find my slice of that. And so maybe that's the thing as far as other people listening is, is it doesn't mean you have to, you know, let's go back to say the, the rock star thing. Let's say, um, you know, that's kind of similar to chasing surf photography or something. Maybe, um, you can find a slice of something related to music that you photograph, or maybe you, um, find a way to, to play, but you're like, I'm going to play two, two weekends a month or one weekend a month instead of every weekend, every month for the rest of my life. And then something's got to give and it's, it's not going to turn out well, but just being intentional, I think bringing, like you said, you went to your pastor and we're, we're like, I'm trying to figure out vision for my life. And I think what happens in photography, this is, this is at least me, is I hold the camera up and the rest of the world disappears. And what I mean by that is, I the perfect example, I'm snorkeling in Hawaii, family vacation. I have a, my camera in a little housing. And it was the first time I was, had this little housing. I was so excited. And I saw a shark about 20 feet down. I instantly swam right towards it and I got down to the shark and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like <laughs> the camera gave me this like courage that, you know, cause it blocked out normal, rational thinking. Sure. Um, and it, and it wasn't, uh, you know, I forget it was like a tiger shark, but no, not a tiger shark. It was a leopard shark or something. It wasn't a shark that could have injured me, but still it didn't sure. matter. The thought process of just being like, sometimes we have to, when we set the camera down, we have to ask the question, okay, what are my values? What's my vision? What do I really want to do? And then when we pick the camera up, bring that into, into the, the, the game. And that's when I, and the reason I think that's so important because I've seen people excel when those things align, it's like their vision and their values are aligned versus they're just like, I'll do anything to make it. Um, and that usually right. it's a big, they cl- they get to the top of the mountain, but then the mountaineering, we all know, you know, for 75% of accidents happen on the way down, you know, it's like, there's that, that tumble on the way down. Um, so. Yeah. You spend all you've got on the way up. You do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so focused on that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Cause I, I've always, um, have you ever read the book into thin air? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's one of those ones where I, I was talking to some friend about mountain climbing. Oh, it was my friend, Sarah, who I actually interviewed on, on here on the podcast a few episodes back. And she is a rock climber and she has uh, attempted Mount Rainier, but not summited because the weather turned them back. And we were talking about, about it. And she says, yeah, she says, it's amazing when you get up there, how certain people, they start to tune out all the common sense because it's right there. It's right there. Right. We could do this. Yes. If we just pushed and then oftentimes you push too far and now you don't have anything left and nothing is not going to work. Yes. Yeah. And you don't yeah. come home. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Thankfully she came home and, okay. uh, we got to have a, a fun conversation out in the, out in the woods. So, um, so you, one of the things that I think is really kind of fascinating is um, I think like a lot of people who've given a lot of talks, I've watched a lot of the stuff that you've put out there. Um, you were uh, faculty at Brooks Institute and you've got a whole bunch of great tutorial stuff out there that's available on your website and, and just TED Talks, all kinds of stuff. Tell me about teaching. And I know you, you kind of mentioned that it was partially, you, you know, maybe part of the decision to be involved in teaching was because it allows you to, um, have a play, a, a way to be kind of location independent from 
the photography industry. Um, I'd love to know more about that because it just seems like teaching just seems like such a passion for you. And it, and it, there's something about when I hear you talk, um, I, I can't help but pay attention. I, 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 you're, you're, you're a good teacher. I'll put it that way. And I'm curious about how you kind of found your way in that. Yeah. First of all, thank you. And I, I love listening to you talk as well. It's, it's, um, what I, what I hear when you talk is I hear you talk a lot from like some people I think talk from their heads. Some people talk from their hearts, like passion or love. I feel like you you really talk from your soul. So there's like this evenness, this calmness, this depth, um, even, you know, the way you ask questions or observe things. So, so it's, it's, I feel the same about you and, um, it's fun to chat about all this stuff. So for me, the teaching thing though, um, I I think it it comes from, you know, I love quotes, but WB Yates said, teach education isn't filling a pail, it's lighting a fire. And when I heard that, it was like those, like a good song. You're like, this is how I feel. I just didn't have I can't, I couldn't write the lyrics. I couldn't play the guitar that way, but the, this musician expressed what is going on inside of me. So in this case, WB Yates expressed what I had been feeling my whole life, that education is about igniting fires. And, um, the, the teachers, mentors, friends who have inspired me most, they've given me something more than just like a plus B equals C. They've given me a paradigm. They've given me a way to live. They, you know, all these things. So anyway, so that I was like, game on. Like I am really, really into that. And then the other side is that what teachers know and what you know from doing something like this podcast is you gain more than anyone else because um, you're you have to think and you have to reflect True. and you're like, I'm going to think about. I'm going to talk to this guy Chris. What should I ask him? And what you know, or and but when you pause to do that you gain so much. So it's most teachers are people who just want to keep learning. Um, and, and so that's part of it as well. I really enjoy that, that side of the process. And then, um, what I try to do, I think, I mean, I kind of went back to that fourth grade thing is like, I try, I'm trying to, um, teach, like, let's say I teach some dumb Photoshop class, you know, where it's like, curves and move this curve this way and blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to teach that, but also maybe something else. And and I don't want to be so heavy on the something else that it's like, do curves this way and it'll change your life. But at the same time, there's potential to, you know, it change your life. Or if you're open to it, there's a chance like, cause maybe, maybe it's because I've experienced so much healing myself through photography um, and growth and change. And, and it's made me aware of huge faults that I have or all kinds of things that I, I find photography a good, well, let let me just tell a story. So Facebook hires me to teach a group of 25 engineers, um, how to take better pictures. And so I go to Facebook and these are like, you know, like the smartest brainiac engineers from all corners of the world. Um, who, you know, have no interest in photography at all, you know, and, and, um, but once I start talking about photography and we have that common language, it opened up the chance to connect with them in a really unique way and where they gain something and also I gain something. And so I find that photography is like this common language we all have now, right? Obviously everyone takes pictures. There isn't, I think we'd be hard pressed to find someone 
you know, who, who doesn't take pictures out there or, I mean, I know they're out there, I guess, as I'm saying that, but anyway, point very few of them though. There are very few of them. Very, very few. Um, and so maybe this is a long, long winded way of, let me, let me try to think of how I'm trying to say this. You know, it's, let's just go to outdoor adventure. Cause you're, I'm picturing you up there in Portland. I mean, I love it up there. There's, you know, I'm picturing there's <laughs> kayaking and biking and skiing, you know, there's everything, any, any outdoor activity you want to do. So let's say the kayak guide, that guide, she's going to do well on teaching you how to actually maneuver, work with a paddle, deal with complex water eddies or currents or whatever. But she's also going to teach you a little bit about life. And it's not that she's like, this is about life, people here, you know, but you're going to, she's going to teach, she's going to say something almost on accident, which is paddling isn't about working harder, but it's about working more efficiently. And then you walk away like, oh my gosh, I've just been like that, that newbie who's just been like slapping the water with my paddle, you know, (laughs) thinking that will get me farther. But then you see the pro, they're just like, and so the two of those life and activity are intertwined. So anyway, all that being said is, I found photography a great vehicle for that. Like here we are talking about like life, even though this is, we're talking about photography. And so that to me, I'm like, I'm all in. I love that. And not that I have to do both, but when there's an opportunity, it's nice to have that there. Yeah. So you talked, I I know enough from listening to previous recordings. I've, I actually have really enjoyed the, the podcast you've been doing with Sony for the Sony alpha channel. And you've told the story about how you got started in photography and how, and how that was a healing process for it. It became a healing process for you. Not to make you dig into that story too much, but I'd love to know a little bit more about that because what you're talking about, that, that, that emotional, that spiritual soul thing that you get from photography, how does, how does that connect through? How does, how would that become a healing thing for you? Yeah. And I think part of that, I think is, is why so many people love photography, even though we don't know it. It's the same thing I would say is why we love music and we don't know it. Um, and cause if you ask people, you know, I'm just going to music cause you talk being a band, you know, it's like, well, why do you like that song? Um, they can't quite articulate it, but if they really dug deep and were given the language, they could say, well, it reminds me of being 18 and infinite mm-hmm. possibilities and, um, sky wide open and no clue where I was going. And I met my best friend and that set me on this course in life. So when I hear that song, it, it's really, it's a true North song for me. And it's about alignment and it's about finding my deepest passion. Oh, I don't, I'm making this up, but, um, <laughs> but I, so I think photography is the same way. The, the reason why we, you know, there's a sunset. I remember one time I was in Italy, I was photographing, someone called me up, will you photograph a wedding, my wedding, in a castle in, in Tuscany. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do I have to pay? And they're like, no, we'll pay you. <laughs> so anyway, so I was there we were, on, I was on the, the steps in Florence and the sun was setting. There were like 500 people out with their phones, you know, all enjoying the sunset, taking pictures of the sunset. And all those people were there. They're also there in Hawaii, or they're also on that trail and outside of Portland as the sun's about to bounce off the water. You pause, you take the picture I think almost in the same way that it's like a grat- an act of gratitude, right? It's an agra- right. act of presence. It's an act of awareness. And it is healing because you can be, at least I, I'll just talk for myself. I can be so grumpy, walk through a forest and see an owl. And all of a sudden I get so quiet. There's a sense of awe and wonder and peace. 
I'm so grateful to be alive. And if I had a camera and I, it was on silent shutter and I took a picture of that owl, oh my gosh, like my heart would sing. I would look at that image. My heart would continue to sing and I just would want to do more walks and forth. So it is a, an act of healing is I guess what I'm getting at. Um, it's, it's, uh, and whether we call it that or not. So anyway, that's a long thing. My story. No, it sounds like, wh- yeah, go yeah ahead. it sounds like what you're saying is it kind of allows you to step outside of your perception outside of your normal, uh, you know, we, we get inside of our own heads, we get inside of our own emotions. <clears throat> and when you see something really cool like that and you have a chance to, to witness or capture it, it, it's, it forces perspective. You, you kind of have to, it forces you to focus on something else. that's not you. Yes. Yeah. Cause we are all really self-absorbed, right. And self-absorption is not a great thing, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, and my story is, um, uh, I, I kind of distill it really shortly to being hit by a car skateboarding and having a lot of chronic pain and chronic pain is, you know, the point of pain is that you pay attention to it. Um, and I remember reading this book by Paul Brand. He did, um, some work with lepers in the er, kind of the early days. And what happens with a leper is they actually lose the feeling of pain in their mm-hmm. finger or something. And so then they break their finger, but they don't know it because the pain, the brain isn't saying pay attention to broken finger. Then it gets infected and goes gangrene. And it's horrible. Um, and so he, his, his thesis was that pain is this huge gift of awareness. Trouble of course, what that is when it's chronic, and all you do is get stuck in that loop. Like, okay, my finger hurts. So hundred people a day ask you, how does your finger feel? Oh, it hurts. You can, you can easily kind of do a downward spiral, which is what was happening to me. And that downward spiral was loss of what I could do. It was, I would see someone holding their, their kid on their shoulders and think I'll never do that. It was like, it was pain that was going to happen in my future. Um, it was pain that was happening now. Anyway, it was a lot of pain. <laughs> and then uh, it was dark night of the soul stuff, you know, it was like, why am I here? You know, it was, it was, yeah. uh, it was, I mean, from a, from, uh, you know, faith has always been an important part of me. So I'll use the word God, but if that's uncomfortable to someone use the word universe or source or whatever it is. But for me, it was like, I was like, God, just like, give me something to do. And I felt like, he or she was saying, just be still. And I was like, no, just give me something to do. I just wanted to be active. And I couldn't because of my physical limitations and, mm-hmm. and all the stuff I was going through. And it was like, be still. And I finally was like, fine, I'll be still. Like, I get it. And, and, and then I had the sense like, well, what's your call on my life? And what I heard back was my, my call on your life is, is to me, is to be connected to source, to God, um, to spirit, and then do whatever you want. And that was a strange uh, freedom um, that, that it, it wasn't so much, um, I think what I had done prior was I had defined myself by what I did or didn't do. So if I went and did something, I felt good about myself, you know, um, versus, um, or if I mountain biked, you know, then I would, you know, I, it was, it was, I was, it was this thing of doing was identity, if that makes sense. Sure. And then versus being, being present. So, so anyway, so that's the backdrop. There I am. I'm depressed. I'm questioning my whole life, my whole future. Dad gives me a camera, hold it up. And all the difficulty of life kind of became quiet for a moment as I physically and literally, figuratively and literally shifted focus off of self onto world, onto other, onto people. And 
that always is where we're most free. Um, I mean, I think when we, you know, I mean, the parents, like obviously you're a parent as well, you know, when, when you have kids, you, you have to shift your focus off of yourself, you know, but you know, when they're young and little, it's like, it four. becomes obvious when you're not doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> they let you know, right? Yeah. Oh, they do for sure. <laughs> um, but when you do, you're just lost in this little bundle of wonderfulness and you and your own petty problems just melt away. And all that matters is this, this little human being. Um, and so photography has helped me to cultivate that. And it's still why, why I go out and get a picture. I'm not ever thinking I'll nail the shot or I'll, you know, I'm going to, you know, kind of like, let's go to mountain climbing. Some people are like, I bagged that peak, you know, or like, yeah, I, I you know, nailed it, got that one, you know, beach that everyone's wanting to photograph or this one portrait of this celebrity or whatever, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Um, for me, it's always um, an opportunity to heal, maybe even, even little ways. And, and what I mean by healing, I use that in a very broad term is let's just talk present day COVID much less income than I had previous to COVID. It's easy to get wrapped up in that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I, there's own. not, there's, there's no photographer that I know that makes money from photography. That's not happening. That doesn't agree with you. <laughs> We're yeah. all in the same boat. Yeah. So it's easy to get caught in that downward spiral, which that downward spiral can be, it can be fine, but it also can turn a little darker negative. Um, it can turn to the point where, you know, then when my daughter asked me for something, I'm like, no, you know, and I, and it's like, wait, what? why did I just react so strongly? That had nothing to do with her, that had everything to do with me and that I'm discontent. And so anyway, so then that discontent can almost be melted or dissolved or healed sometimes when I hold a camera up, I pause, I breathe, <laughs> I look at something beautiful and I'm like, okay. Um, and let's call that micro healing. It's not like I'm a better person, but it's the practice. I mean, I think people, you practice photography, you practice yoga, you practice meditation, mm -hmm. these things in life, you practice skiing, you practice tennis. I mean, all this stuff, it's not like you do it once and you're done and you're, you're fixed and you're fine. Um, it, it's, it's that cultivation. Um, it's like my wife's garden, you know, it's like, yeah, we have great tomatoes still. I can't believe it, but it's cause she spent all that time and cultivated the soil and put in all this effort. And so, um, that's that's a big part of it for me in on small levels but then also on big levels i've become really aware of um like deep inner rejection of myself through photography which is so interesting i mean i could go there um uh yeah i you gotta unpack that I, okay, I have okay to let me with that let me go there we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, go yeah. we'll go a little deep and dark here if you're ready so i can remember and this may be a sensitive topic to people but that's what these kind of podcast things are about. But I can remember maybe when I was 13, taking a knife and cutting my leg and I was cutting, I was putting a little mark on my leg. I wasn't cutting my wrist, so it wasn't suicidal, but it was, I had so much pain inside. I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know, even know how to feel it. And so for some reason, putting this little mark on my leg, one, I kind of thought like I'm being tough, sort of like a, like a superhero, like would do or something like Rambo or something. But I think in a deeper psychological level, it was, it was kind of a cry for like help. And I didn't know how to say that cry. And then, then flash forward to maybe later in life, let's say 10 years later. So now maybe I'm twenties or something. It was like, 
I felt like if people really saw who I was deep, deep down inside, they wouldn't like that person. And so I felt like I need to put on this show. And then, then maybe fast forward another decade. Now I'm into photography. Well, photographers and teachers, you got to have it together. So let me show the world how I have it together. And let me even, even like I did in this podcast, let me drop some of those client names because that's, that's a nice little defense mechanism. You know, I can throw those <laughs> names around and people are going to think, okay, this guy's okay. But meanwhile, it, it was like, I hadn't convinced, I hadn't fully accepted myself. I don't know how else to say that. Um, and the camera made me realize that. So here's how it made me realize that, which was I suddenly I was writing a book on portraiture, which is kind of my bread and butter, right? Teaching and doing portraits and all this stuff. And all of a sudden I lost all interest in capturing portraits. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So it's like the pro skier who's like, I don't want to ski anymore or something. And, and it's like kind of a problem, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> like all my income, my sponsors, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I better lean into this. I better explore this. Cause the one thing I've learned in life is when stuff surfaces, you don't just shove it down. You say, okay, what is this? Where is this coming from? Is it, I mean, it could have come from anywhere. It could have just come from gear it could have come from lack of challenge it could have i didn't know so and what i realized was it came from self-acceptance and what i mean by that is i used to photograph people let's say i'd photograph you i would want to see your inner strength who you truly are deeply soulfully i'd want to kind of draw that out in hopes that you would see my inner strength in hopes that you would see deep into me and you would so as i accept you you accept me which is fine i mean that's part of uh nice human relationship, right? We accept each other and we grow deep as right. friends, but I was searching for something in you that I hadn't yet given myself, but I had gone through a season where I finally just fully accepted myself. I'm like, look, this is it. This is me. And I love myself. And, and, uh, and yes, there's dark stuff in there, but let me, and it, I guess it's like when anyone is vulnerable and open about stuff they feel ashamed about you know and you get that out in the light the light is very freeing and so then i lost interest in portraiture because i didn't need to do it in that way so the the way that's a long answer but the way i think of it's like <laughs> that's great it's like the person that walks in the forest because they're mourning i'm going to say the loss of i'm just going to make this up their dog they're so sad their dog has died so every day they go for a walk where they used to walk with their dog and and the, the trees just somehow give them comfort then one day they go for their walk and they're like, huh, the trees like aren't giving me anything. And they realize, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm totally over it, but I'm over that kind of mourning that I was in. And then the question is like, well, maybe I should bike through the forest. Maybe I should walk through the forest looking for joy instead of comfort. Maybe I should walk on the beach. I don't know. And so for me, it, it, that's what happened in portraiture. It was like, well, maybe I should do portraiture differently. Maybe I should do photography right. differently. Um, and it's not that I'm, you know, all fixed up, but that I've gotten to a different stage. And so then it was like, well, maybe I can do this in this in this new way. And I did, and I am still, and it's 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 wonderful. You know, like I still love quote walking in the forest. And my point of all of that is that photography helped me become aware of what was going on on the inside in the same way. I think I'm going to go to songwriting because you were in a band, a songwriter might write a song and be like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that's how I was feeling, but that song 
is an outward expression of an inward reality, which I had a friend who was a um, uh, Eastern Orthodox priest, and I was t- talking to him about icons, and I was saying, you know, they just kind of weird me out. Like, these gold icons of these religious figures, I don't get it. Right. And, um, and he did this interesting thing. He, he, he took a picture out of his wallet and he said on the ground, he's like, this is a picture of my daughter. And he went, he was like, I'm going to step on it. He went to step on it. I was like, dude, no, what are you talking about? He's like, why not? It's just a picture. It's just an icon. And I was like, but he's like, it represents something more. And I was like, okay, point taken. And then he said, in our tradition, icons are outward expressions of inward reality. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, Dude, this just <laughs> right. clicks with me. This is what art is. This is what poetry is. This is what music is. This is what photography is. Um, and when we are creators of that content, it can help us discover what's there. It can be a, a gateway or a path to inquire within, to take the inward journey. So anyway, that I think that's kind of where I'm going. And I'm sure photography will reveal other things to me. It will reveal, because um, photographs we take throughout our lifetimes, they obviously change and vary and all that kind of stuff right so that's that's the beauty of this kind of a craft and 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 this is where i try to get people to think like it's not just photography you know it's like gardening for a lifetime oh my gosh like can you imagine what you'd learn or or winemaking for a lifetime or building guitars for a lifetime i mean there's these i think being creative is an amazing way to explore who we are why we're here how do we live well and, and so that's, that's one of the ways it's helped me heal. I mean, go back to that 13 year old kid cutting himself, you know, and, and, and I've gone to therapy and I've read books. And so it's not just like, all I do is take pictures and hope my problems right. go away. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but easy uh, fix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I'm going to have to listen to that a few times. <laughs> it's, what I, what I kind of, there's something I'm, I'm hearing in there that I think, yeah, tell me what you're I can, hearing. Reflect I, back to me. Yeah, so th- th- you were talking about this idea of you know meeting people and taking their making their portrait, and that there's some there's kind of a trade off. There's a, a give and take, <clears throat> and I feel like there's some really interesting thing when your ability to make portraits can become a gift. Um. And there's something that I, I started doing it, you know, kind of for the same, for some of the same reasons. Um, when I go out hiking and I'm out in, you know, out in the wilderness, when I come across people like taking selfies with their cell phone, I always go up to them and I say, Hey, I'm a photographer. Can I make your, you know, can I make a portrait of you here in this spot? And, and I'll email it to you, you know, and there's no, and they go, Oh, do we have to, oh, you don't have to pay me for it or anything. I said, you know, it's yours. It's yours. And I, I've, I've practiced that on purpose with the idea that like, uh, if, if there's something I have that I can share with st- random strangers that that enhances their experience of having been there, yeah. that, you know, if we run into each other there, if I can somehow make what they did there, if I can capture that moment for them and just hand and send them off with it with no expectations that anything's ever going to come of it, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's something that I, I keep trying to do. And I, sometimes I get a little bit, you know, I don't know if I want to ask or I don't know if I want to say, <laughs> right, right, right. but it's every time I do it, I, I walk away going, Oh, that was great. And, and not because they think anything cool about me, but because now they're going to have a, a souvenir that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think the way you're describing 
um, moving forward with how you do things. It, it feels like it's, it feels like a gift. Yeah. And, and I think maybe, you know, music is on my mind because we talked about that earlier. I remember, you know, I, I played guitar once with a guy who's the most talented musician I've ever played guitar with. I'm not great. But when I played with him, he had me play a little riff and then he played around it. And he, he, he's like a famous guitarist now, but he made me, he drew out of me musicality that I didn't know existed. And, and I would say this same thing with like good friends. Like there's some friends when I'm around, I'm like, wow, like they just draw out like the best version of who I am, you know, and, right. or like the, let's say that stranger that you walk upon taking a selfie and sometimes they're like, wow, like th- this is, this is how I fit into the space. And this is, I can remember this more deeply and more meaningfully because of that picture. Basically I get more out of life um, maybe right. because of that. And it's not that, you know, who knows, sometimes maybe they get less, right? But um, <laughs> what was with that guy offering to take my picture? Yeah, like I was crazy. This whole photo is horrible. You know, I have my kids say that all the time about my photos. Like, dad, that, that you can't, don't share that photo. It's so bad. Um, but <laughs> they're teenagers, you know. And they, I think we've they, all been there. Yeah, they, they, they're teaching me how to take photos differently, which is fun. But I guess the whole point of just being, yeah, that it, there is a collaborative act. It is collaboration. And portraiture is really is a collaboration. And it, it really is mm-hmm. soul to soul. It really is. Um, it's really sharing something. It really is give and take. It really is. Um, you, you don't just go and take someone's picture. But but there's this sharing of creating of space, of, of seeing, of understanding. of um, and, and it doesn't always go there. But um when it does, I think it's special. And I think it, um, kind of, you, you know, it, it honors life in a way and, and even, you know, kind of g- going to the God side of things that it, it's like this divinity within it's like this, that you, when you see and experience something that's majestic and humans are majestic when we really see them for who we all are, mm-hmm. um, or a tree is or waterfall is, um, um, it restores our sense of awe. It gives us hope. It gives us peace. It, um, it, it, so anyway, so all those things, yes, yes, I, I agree. It is, it is really a collaboration. And, and I think the camera, you know, the trouble with that in portraiture is too often, which, you know, portraiture is the main thing I do. People think it's how someone looks, but it's, it's, it isn't, it's never about looks. Um, even though we're in this visual medium, um, in the same way, a poet is not about words or syntax or how many, it's not like you do a word count in Microsoft Word and be like, that's a good poem, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some poems, haikus, they have certain structure and everything, but even those, it's never, it's never like, well, that's good because it's a haiku, you know, or whatever the, the <laughs> thing is. It's good because it makes you feel. And, right. And, um, and so that that is a cool thing to try to pursue and it's fleeting and it's mysterious and it's never guaranteed and, and, and so that is really interesting to me. Um, and it, it, um, it gives an occasion. Well, well, one, like when I've been photographed, it's very vulnerable, right? Someone's like, can I take a picture? Like, okay, okay. Take a breath. I have to like be present. I have to think, what am I going to project? Am I going to be me? Who is me? Um, and when you can kind of calm down, like I remember I had a friend, Ben Moon, He's a great photographer up in your mm-hmm. area. Um, he would be great to have on the show. Oh my gosh. Um, pass on his info if you want to connect with him. Definitely. But, um, 
But um, when he took, I my... actually met Ben in one time. I oh, you did. Okay. I was I was actually out at where he lives. Yeah. on the beach, and I was walking with some photographer friends, and I looked over and I saw him in a wetsuit. Yeah, talking to some people, and I just had to stop everything. I walked over and go, "You're Ben, right?" And he says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like huge fan. Just had to say hi. Back to your conversation. Oh, <laughs> I just love kept it. Wa- I love it. Kept walking. I've um. I work, um, I'm on the, uh, the board for ASMP here yeah. in Oregon and we we were very close to getting him out to do an event with us, with our local camera store, yeah. um, before COVID hit. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, he, he was going to wrap up this, his book tour and then we were going to try to have him come out and give a talk, but, um, we hope we get to at some point, but yeah, yeah I, I would love to have him on here cause I think his, um, his story is pretty fascinating. It is. I could listen to Ben talk all day. Um, and here's the interesting thing, like what I was saying when he took my portrait yeah. just to kind of is cause I, whenever I meet someone I admire, who's a photographer, I say, well, you take my portrait if they, that's mm-hmm. the thing they do. If they're like a, you know, food photographer, I don't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Can I eat some food for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and what it does is it's, it's the equivalent. I think if you're into basketball, watching someone play basketball, whatever, whoever your hero is and then getting on the court with that person. Um, because when you're on the court, you're like, wow, this is, like, this is very different than sidelines, right? Sidelines. Right. It's easy. Like I get how someone does that. You, and in photography, we have all these film behind the scenes stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I could get that. And that actually doesn't look that hard. And but then when you're there and you're behind their, you know, or in front of their camera, you're like, wow, this is really intriguing to me how they're, operating how they're moving how they're you know anyway so ben's vibe he just held up his camera and he was just and he just like take a breath you know i took a breath and he's like kind of look down look up and he just like stayed there for like two minutes which is a really long time like if two minutes of right. like <laughs> like dead time so to speak and what it did is it just all the squirreliness in my mind all the self-consciousness all that just was like okay that's gone I'm fully here. He would say little things like a little bit like that, like this. He just took a few pictures and then it was done. But I felt kind of amazing. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. <laughs> and so I've never seen the photo. Who knows if it was any good, but, but now when I look at his portraits, I'm like, I know how he got that soulfulness yeah. in the person. He, he created, rolls them out pretty slow. I think he's got, he's got a back catalog of those. I think he does, man. But he, he <laughs> creates them with so much soul. That's why they have soulfulness in them. Right. And so I guess that's back to that collaborative thing. Two photographers photograph the same person and get something different because it's about what's right. inside and what, what happens between the two people. And I think the same thing's true with nature and landscape. You know, like some people I think look to landscape and they're like, oh, that tree hanging onto that rock. Like it's this thing of strength and tenacity. And so they're photographing a tree from a perspective of tenacity. And someone else is like, wow, the delicate balance, that tree growing out of that rock, it could almost tip over. And so they have this like soft touch and you're like, it's the same tree, but it makes you feel differently. Um, And so that's where photography to me gets really interesting is when there's more of a reflection of the photographer in the frame. Yeah. I have some thoughts about portrait, you know, just portraiture. And I I do a lot of headshots. That's kind of a a big part of, of, of my, you know, kind of professional work. Yeah. It's a lot of headshots, a lot of that sort of thing. And I, I always feel like it's kind of a little dirty secret that 
headshots you basically pace off the lights and the backdrops and all that stuff and you like half the time i put an x on the ground i say stand right here and yeah. i'll i'll draw i'll put an arrow with gaff tape on the ground yeah. and you point you face this way and I, and people you know i just say like i could bring my 12 year out to 12 year old daughter out to do this she could she could set it up and do it the main thing is it's about getting you past all of your when somebody points a camera at you, you start to think certain things. You start to think, oh, how do I look? And how do I do this? And the main goal of a good portrait photographer is to get people to stop thinking that stuff. Yes. It's to, to get you to not <clears throat> give that fake smile, though, to not create the persona for the camera. And, and I always just tell people like, hey, I want to, I want a picture that your friends and family would say, oh, that's totally Chris. That's, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's totally you. And if they come in and it looks, they go, oh, he looks really professional. Well, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, and a lot of the people that I do headshots for are therapists. <laughs> and I always tell them, I say, you know, you want people to trust you? Well, it has to be the real you. And they'll see right through it if it's not. Yeah. So, so. Um, and that probably helps them. It gives them a mindset, right? Yeah, it totally does. Because the reality is I think our mind just spins out of control until we're given some kind of direction. We're also self-conscious. I mean, that's, we've been, we've, we, you know, our culture has trained us to be that way. And yeah. I always kind of joke around that the, the easiest people to take headshots of are like older men. Yeah. Because they're totally comfortable in their own skin. They just kind of, they walk in, they just kind of look at the camera like, uh-huh, cool. And I take three and they go, yeah, uh, we're good. Yes. You know, that this reminds me of two things I got to share. I love, love that you just shared that. One is, um, it's, you know, there's some famous person said this, I think, but when we're 16, we're worried about what everyone thinks. By the time we're 40, we stop, you know, we stop caring what people think. By the time we're 60, we realize no one's been thinking about us at all because they're too busy <laughs> worried about themselves, right? Exactly. And, and I did this project once. I was in uh, Brighton in the UK. It's this coastal town. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to try to photograph strangers and kind of use the fact that I'm not from here to, to connect with people. There's these colorful beach huts, um, you know, beautiful yeah. backdrop kind of context, right? So I'd approach someone and I was so nervous, you know, cause you're just approaching these random strangers. And what I found was all the beautiful, handsome people were really, really reluctant to have their photograph made. The, the people who are like super style and I was like, this is crazy. Cause you look like million dollars i mean like you're like the coolest whatever but then the people who didn't have that were the most willing and it's kind of yeah. like you're saying the older guys or something yeah like some old guys like me seriously oh okay like what's yeah. your story kid or whatever and and um that to me was this great moment this great you know uh i don't know just this reflection like <laughs> the trick to life because i'm always about these tricks back to that quote of being 16 40 and 60 is to be a 16 year old, but to live with the wisdom that the 60 year old just gave you and the, right. the friends who do that, you're like, Oh yes, man. Like that's how I want to live. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I always say the, the juxtaposition is that the hardest ones are the ones who've been taking lots of selfies. That's true. Huh? Cause, cause yeah. they come in and, and they have an angle. They know they the have angle. a look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have and to like undo say, hey, that almost, huh? Yeah. I always tell them like, look, I'm going to put the camera up high. You don't have to do that. That's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. my job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you mentioned, um, you mentioned your, your kids yeah. getting, just being like, Hey, you know, don't, Oh, that's a terrible picture. Dad, don't post that one. Yeah. Have your kids taken any interest in photography or your career? Well, here's a couple of thoughts I have on that. I mean, to back up a little bit is 
people will often say, you must take photos of your kids all the time. The answer, and I say, no, you do when they're younger, but then when they get older, you relate to them. Eventually, you know, more you're just adult to adult, right? So my kids are not my models. So that's a really important. Except for those ones you took earlier this summer. That's true. I convinced them to do that. Yeah. Oh, to those, do are, this those shoot are beautiful. For me. Yeah. That was a really special occasion. And they had fun with that, which was really cool. Yeah. That creative live thing. That was so fun. Yeah. Um, so yes, good call on that. That was, that was rad. Um, and so there's some of that, but then there's some of, um, you know, kind of like the way I approach photography is too on point compared to their approach to photography. So what I mean by that, if I have a portrait, if you look at my work, it's, the eyes are always at about the three quarter mark. Um, usually horizontal, shallow depth of field. I use backgrounds a certain way. My environmental portraits, they're all very, um, I'm just going to call it crafted. You know, this is, my kids would probably say they're all very stiff, you know, and they they like my work, but it's, has no interest to them. So I think maybe it's equivalent of like, let's just go back to when we were kids, music is different now, but when we were kids, Mm -hmm. there was like the music our parents listened to, and the music we listened to was so different. Now I actually listen to some of the similar stuff, but I think music has changed and the world has changed and Spotify and all these things. But um, I guess the point being is there is interest, but there isn't, um, and there 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 isn't. Um, oh, actually, my daughters love shooting with film cameras, with disposable film oh, really? cameras, and they <laughs> nice. love that. They love the spontaneity. They love that you don't look at the back of a phone. So they have really fallen for that, but it's not anything I've done. So I've tried, I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it, but here's the best way. Surfing dad, the surfing dad can push his kid or her kid into surfing too quickly. Then the kid hates the sport for his or her whole life. So what all surfing parents know is you have to let the kid kind of find the sport and once they're ready and they start asking you, you respond versus you push the sport on them, right? Sure. So I've tried to do the same thing with photography and creativity. You know, I don't like, yeah. I, and I, and also a lot of parents will say, well, what, what camera should I get my kid? And I'm like, well, how old? 15. I'm like, don't buy him a camera. Um, Cause a kid right. doesn't need a thousand dollar camera. It's, they're going to break phone. it. What's that? When they well, let them use their phone and when they start taking cool pictures and express interest. Yeah. Hook them up. Hook them up. Yeah. But don't do too much too fast. Maybe that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's a really yeah. long winded answer, but, and again, it's my kids. I don't prescribe this to everyone, you know, who yeah. knows? I mean, everyone has different kids. If there's my kid all of a sudden wanted to follow me along on shoots and had all this interest, I would say, yeah, let's, let's do yeah. this and let's explore this. My and- kids have, my kids have expressed a little bit of interest to my middle son. Yeah. He takes some amazing landscape photogra- photographs and okay. then he never takes them off the card. Okay. They sit in the camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I go, well, okay, we, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, because like, I don't know. I think, I think, um, well, I guess cause I found f- photography late or it found me late. And I'm like, I think sometimes that's okay. And I guess what I mean by that yeah. is if we were to go, if you take a 16 year old to the Louvre to see the Mona Lisa, they're going to say, wow, that's really small. If they go back in college when they're studying art, they're going to say, wow, that's fascinating. If they go back when they're 65, they're going to weep. And so the age you interact with art or creativity of any form really shapes your experience of it. And sometimes it's about 
waiting to find that right moment. And I would even say the same thing's true on a small scale with photography. Like if there's a beautiful sunset and you're at a beautiful location and you, you know, sometimes pe- some people need to get out the camera real quick and like start firing, firing, firing away. Some other people are like, let me just sit here for like five minutes. Let me observe. Let me listen to birds. Let me listen to water. Let me listen yeah. to wind and trees and then shoot. So it's about more developing that internal awareness, you know, versus just no. like die first. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting, I think that's a great, that's a great perspective on it. Um, I feel like that's, and that's true across so many different things. Um, my kids are, you know, it's kind of like that with music. That's kind of how they, how they are. And you mentioned, you know, they listen to different music and it's funny because my kids will all of a sudden bring something and go, Hey, check this out, dad. And I'll listen to it. And sometimes I'll go, what is this? You know, yeah, 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 totally. No. <laughs> and at other times I go, Oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had, I had one where like my, my daughter was playing, um, uh, she was like, played a song. She's like, Oh dad, you gotta listen to this song. It's so cool. And it was Jack Johnson. who's a singer songwriter. Of course. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, she played that song. And I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. I'm like, do you remember hanging out with him at the beach? And she's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Do you remember, you know, when you, we went down and you played with his son and we all built sand. And she's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you. She's like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, but it's like that kind of thing. You can't, I could never say, listen to this song. You hung out right. with this famous musician and you're going to like it. You, like you said, they yeah. have to find it on their own and we all have to find these things on our own. That's part of the beautiful nature of this journey. And sometimes I think the things we have to discover, they can't be, they can't be, overdone by someone else and maybe the the example of this is like like think of back when we used to all travel and someone's like oh you got to go to this one place and you got to see this one thing they build it up so much by the time you get there you're kind of like there's no there's no aha moment right 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 but i remember traveling before the internet and you know and i college i lived in spain for a year and i would go somewhere something i'd never ever heard of and it was like mind-blowing because there is a sense of aha discovery and even ownership because yeah. when you find it you're like it's it's similar to trick-or-treating halloween like when you get the candy like i feel like some people are like here's a bag of candy and they pour it on you or you go house to house and like what did that person give you oh they gave me this that house gave me full size no way and so the reason because you could buy your kids that much candy but it just isn't interesting to the kid or it's to the, the journey parent. it's the journey man yeah the journey is the journey is what gives it meaning it is and that's what i think with photography what i encourage my students is like dude tap into this journey where are you on this journey why are you on what's interesting what's awakening you what's stirring your soul what's 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 why are you paying attention to that little bird what you know why i love bird photography why do you love bird photography what is it about the bird the song the colors the flight the eggs the season the whatever like i had one friend who i was talking to about bird photography he's in florida and he photographed this one family of birds i'm forgetting the name of it and i was like i was asking him i'm like why do you do this like and he's like, well, let me tell you the story. And he, the long story short is he photographed this, this family of birds. They had eggs, the birds started growing up and, and he, he just, every day he went and photographed them. And one day he was there and like the dad bird came and just started going crazy, like almost like coming at him, like attacking him. And he was like, what is the deal? And what had happened is he had gotten low to the ground to get a certain angle 
And this bird was just going crazy. So we kind of like stood up and started to step backwards. And there was a crocodile that had come out of the water or is it an alligator, whatever it is in Florida, I don't know. And, and was coming up for him. And this bird, he's like, dude, this bird potentially saved my life. <laughs> you know, wow. it's like one of these crazy stories. Right. But he, I mean, he was like dead serious. He was like, this is really huge. Birder for life. Yeah. Birder he was for a life. birder for life. He was like, dude, <laughs> there's some mad, th- this, I don't know. I can't even tell you why, but that's why I photograph birds. And I'm like, dude, I want to photograph birds. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. That's like oh, best story ever. Right? Yeah. Isn't that so cool? It, no, that's cool. Just touching very quickly on the music thing. I saw your, in your Instagram stories today that you are also a Toad the Wet Sprocket fan. Yes. So any chance you're going to get your daughters into them? Yes, I need to do that. You know, it's funny. Um, Glenn <laughs> Phillips, who's the lead singer, he was he was over just the other day, and and we were hanging out. I was loaning oh, him man. a camera for doing. He's doing these like uh, he's the lead singer of the band. But uh, he, yeah, he's, I'm he's, a huge fan, by the way. Okay, just, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> huge fan. Well, we I, actually were supposed to see them this summer with uh, the Bare Naked Ladies tour. Okay, yes, yeah. And it got canceled. So we uh, we have tickets. They're rescheduled for next year. Yes, but, I um, saw that. That's going to be an amazing show. That was my birthday present. And we had to, uh, my wife just knew. And she's like, hey, this is the thing. And Well, here's the thing. You should have Glenn on the podcast. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, yeah. we'll do that. I'll give you, he would be totally d- into it. D- does he, does he, does he shoot? No, he doesn't, but he creates okay. and he's soulful I would and love deep. To, and, that's and, great. And, and you know, and all those things. So I think um, we'll, we'll make an exception to the go take pictures part. I, I think you could, I mean, I've, everyone takes pictures. So you, I mean, yeah, yeah. Could, I don't, I've never actually talked to him about photography. So that would be interesting to hear how that relates, but, um, he'd be a really interesting to talk to. I've been a big fan for, I mean, for a long time. Yeah. I, th- their first, their first big radio hit, um, all I want, is that what yeah. it's called? All I, um, came out when I was a junior in high school. Oh man. So, so, so that was like so my college. Impactful. Yeah. That was, that was like my college soundtrack, uh, the, for their first few albums. And then when I was in a band, we actually covered a couple of their songs. Okay. Uh, just kind of, so I, so I know them, I know a lot of their songs and they're really impactful to me. Like yeah. just, and even to this day going back and pulling that stuff out. But it's interesting because Every once in a while, my kids will be like, uh, "Hey, listen to this," and they go, uh. yeah, "Yeah, yeah." And it doesn't feel dated to me. It doesn't. But my dad, but one of my sons goes, "This is that's kind of '90s. It's real '90s, Dad." Yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny. I did. So hear I play it. him some of their newer stuff, and he's like, oh, "That's cool. That's cool." <laughs> um, I I heard a psychologist on like NPR or something once say how you know, her theory at least was that the music that we hear, I forget what it was between 18 and 22 is the music, which we have the deepest response to because of our development as humans. And so there's this, and it's not true with everyone, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, the songs really, I'm going to say high school, kind of mid high school to mid college. If you were to play any of those songs from that era instantly, Mm it ignites something in me and and that's that's interesting you know the song whatever i fear mm-hmm. is an instant it brings me instantly back to the summer when i bought the album it's the album called coil and it, that entire album all of it yeah just brings me instantly back to that summer um i remember who i was i remember the things i was struggling with um and it's it's a interesting album because it's so it has so many spiritual 
uh, you know, kind of undertones and it's, it's really questioning, but it's, but it's also really forceful. And I really relate to it. I always, I always really related to it. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a very guttural sort of an album for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it hits it right at that spot. Yeah. And the, the thing that interests me a lot about music, I mean, they had a single come out today. I don't know if you saw that, but, um, I I, did. (laughs) I, I, I like wept when I was listening to it. I've had a hard couple days and a week and it's just something about the song and the lyrics that just spoke to me. I don't, I don't, I couldn't even explain why. So I called Glenn up. I'm like, Glenn, we got to talk through this, you know? And, and I was just talking through the lyrics and where they come from. It was so interesting is, which we all know is true, but in order for anything art, artistic or creative to be uh, intriguing, it has to have uh, lots of layers or there has to be a lot of stuff stacked into it, but it's not forced into it. So, so right. I guess what, what I mean by that, it's not like, you know, like I said, in, maybe in portraiture, this is a soulful portrait and you're going to be really deep and true. You know, it's like, okay, you know, no, um, uh, you know, or this when, viewer, when you look at this portrait, you're going to remember what it means to be alive and why life's precious. No, you know, you don't say that. But anyway, just that there's, there's a lot of restraint um, in creativity, in songwriting. I mean, as you know, too, from being a band, but that that restraint not kind of saying quite so obvious what's there but giving it the view the listener a little bit of space then it actually helps whatever that is there to resonate and and we were just we're talking about that and i'm I'm kind of thinking about my photographs and also with my kids talking about my photographs being too on point i think sometimes they are too on point i think an area where i need to grow is to become more subtle and maybe talk about that. I have, um, this will be my shameless plug. I have a book on poetry called authentic portraits, but in it, I talk about acting and how I have one other friend who's an acting coach. And he says, when you are are teaching people to act and they need to feel angry on a scale of zero to 10, they need to feel anger at 10, but only give the audience like a seven. Hmm. Because if you give them a 10, it's overacting, it's dumb and uninteresting. And Brad Pitt can be really angry he can feel 10, he gives it to you as a one and it's freaking profound or whatever great actor you want to talk or act, yeah, yeah. actress you want to talk about. And so it's that sense of restraint, not, it's not emptying out. So it's not like just make it about nothing, but there's all these layers of meaning, not overdoing it, letting that, letting that reside there, but subtlety, letting the subtlety speak. And so for me, I think right. if there's any area where I need to grow, um, right now it's, or, you know, even as I'm talking, I feel like the universe is saying like, Chris, like, like do your on point thing, but then ask a question. Is there a way to hint at this? And I try to do the hint at this, but it often fails on Instagram. Mm. And, and then I feel bad about myself. That's so weird. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I thought that was so like, I thought I was, I thought I was there. I thought and it's like, no, no response dead. And I think, again, it's like the actor who's like, you know, who's feeling the anger at 10, but then gives the four and people are like, feel no emotion from you, you know, um, hmm. and, and not that Instagram's the barometer, but well, it's a barometer. It is a, or it's just myself as a barometer. I'm like, that's just kind of, yeah. it's, and so anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going down this whole, the whole thing, but music is con- connecting it to music. Well, well, something you said in there, I think you can almost 
kind of redefine what the the idea of negative space means. Hmm. Yeah, and and I I have felt like um, when I was a songwriter, you know, years ago, and and in the the music I listened to, and also in the photography that really resonates with me, oftentimes there's not a literal negative space, but there's but there's a sparseness, like you like you mentioned, where you haven't told the whole story. Yes. And yes. You've yeah. left you've left something kind of kind of hanging. I was listening to um, there's a singer songwriter that also is an author, and um, his name's Andrew Peterson, Christian singer songwriter. And I he was ex- describing why he people ask, are you going to write more books, more of this in this series, the saga, um, kind of like the Chronicles of Narnia, sort yeah. of like that. And he said, no, I'm not because I don't. I want it to end with you not knowing where it goes. Because if I wrap the story up, then you know how it ends and you can't ever imagine yourself in it anymore. I love and I, that. I need, I need it to stay open. And I, I think that it. good songwriting leaves it open. The story's not finished and you, you get to kind of put your own, put yourself into it. And I, I think it's interesting how photography, whether it be portraits or landscapes or action, it's really, that's a really hard skill. And it's one that I, I struggle with as well. How do I leave space for the viewer to still interpret, to still, to wonder like what's, what's back there? What's, what is this person looking at? Why are they feeling the way they feel? Yeah. And I think the other question with that, that I ask myself is, do I have the guts to do that? You know, cause it's easy to put the bow on it. And I think when you learn photography, you know, you learn like, yeah, I can put the bow on it. Like I can, I, I know the rules i know the i know way people what the eyes attracted to in images i know what will get the reaction the response and and i mean maybe going to um let's go to song because we're i love this whole music thing we're doing with with jack johnson um the singer songwriter he um you know when he would write a new album he would talk about this idea of of not paying attention to the success of the last album. Otherwise he just would rewrite that Mm -hmm. because it was like, he like that worked. So then I'll do that again, but that never works. You know what I mean? And because then it would be like that person who the author you mentioned or the Chronicles of Narnia would be like the second Chronicles of Narnia. You'd be like the the biggest gift maybe C.S. Lewis gave us was it was, there's so much open negative space in those stories. It doesn't follow the hero's journey. All the characters have flaws, but you know, even Lucy or, you know, I mean, you really get into it. Like, um, you know, and, and, and he like, cause I've read all those with my kids and I love those stories too. Yeah. You read them and you're like, what's really, really surprising is how short they are and how little detail he gives and, and how, what isn't there. And again, I think that's true with the photographs that last or that are good for me, the, they, the, they're, they're subtle, they're sparse, they're right, open, right. they're, they're in, they invite you in, like you were saying. And that, that's something I, like, I just don't have that skill yet. You know, I think I've, 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 well, <laughs> it's refreshing to hear you say that. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. We're not. Yeah. And that, and that's, I, I think that's okay. I think, I think sometimes I'll, like, I don't know, sometimes I'll say, you know, stuff about, um, photography and people are like, Oh, but you're, um, 
you know, or let's just go to Glenn Phillips, lead singer to the Wet Sprocket, which you have to have on the podcast. Um, you know, you'd be like, well, you've achieved. We got to make that like, happen. Yeah, we'll make it happen for sure. I guarantee that. And uh, you've been so successful, but it's like, or you've created all these great images, and and I guess what what it is is it's what's the equivalent. I'll just go to running. I'm going to skip out of to a different thing. You ran a marathon cool. five years ago so fast. And it's like, yeah, that was five years ago. Um, and that was an important part of my life, but I actually can't even run 10 K right now. Um, and so, um, and I couldn't rerun that race. I couldn't retake that picture. Cause if you try to take the pictures you took at 18, you know, when you're the age you are now, it, you, you, you don't, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, so there's always this leading edge. There's always this space. There's always this thing. And part of that I think is it's not an omission that like your work's bad. Cause I always try to tell people, it's not that I don't like for me, I think I've created a lot of great images, but I think there's more that I, mm-hmm. I haven't created. I think there's more to explore and it may not mean other people will like the pictures. Um, but I still need to go there because I can't keep impersonating myself. That that's just a disservice. That's like the high school kid who was the star athlete or something and like lives in the past or whatever. Right. You know, that's a, that's a movie plot line right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh man. But isn't it true I though? I mean, cause I mean, you've taken a lot of great pictures, but it's not like just picture, you know, I was looking at your feed before we talked, you know, one of those epic landscape shots, you're not going to go back to the landscape and shoot, shoot this landscape again, except if you did it differently, right. you know, and the weather was different and you were different and you're, you know, and you're, um, but you never like retaking pictures is, you know, it's like covering your own songs and you know what I mean? You cover someone else's maybe to learn to inhabit that yeah. space, but you don't. Oh, I've tried. I've tried to, to go back and do a image better. Yeah. And and I, it's not just that the conditions aren't right. It's that I'm not the same anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's that I don't, I don't even see it or feel it the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to, like I photographed some people where I've been like, this is one of the best images of my life. And I've gone back and photographed that person again and they just fallen flat. The photos are horrible and it's either been me or that person or the moment or the time or the, you know, something happened and that's where you realize in all this creative stuff, part of it is a gift, right? Um, it's not mm-hmm. a guarantee. There's no guarantee in photography. And I've had a chance to work with some, the world's best photographers. And you realize um, that they don't have it down. I mean, that's a surprising thing, you know, like even like yeah. the Chris Burkhards of the world. Um, it's, it's a, um, like, or let's just go to, let's go to music. Cause that's easier. Cause photography is too self-absorbed already. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. photographers, we think our world's so important and everything. It's like, I love how our, our, the famous people in our industry, yeah. like nobody else knows who they are. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like even uh, the Chris so Burkhardt. Yeah. Well, I me- I think I mentioned Chris Burkhardt at some point to my wife and she's like, who? Yeah. Totally. I, go, well, I, I have one of his prints in my office and she's like, well, you know, okay. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> like, oh, I know what it was. It was because I was I I had purchased his business of photography workshop. Okay, yeah, I did too, and I, I love, love that. I loved it. It's love fantastic. It. Yeah, and she's like, who? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I it, it that's so refreshing to me too. Um, it, it's so funny that that our our world is is 
it's really small. Um, when I was in the music industry, um, at one point the, I, I actually worked in a music store for a few years Cool. and our, my boss, I went to the, the NAM show, which is this big music. It's the annual conference for music instrument retailing. Awesome. And I went down there to this trade show and we were talking, my boss, you know, and he goes, now just remember it's the entire Anaheim convention center. So it feels huge, but the music industry is smaller the, the music, musical instruments industry is smaller than the cat food industry. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's so funny. I think, I think our photography industry could use a dose of that. I think we get so um, wrapped up in all these, these things because people are kind of getting so many likes and followers and fans and all that stuff. Yeah. But that, uh, yeah that that it is a good kind of i don't know i think what and the reason being is i think when you get too full of yourself you lose a sense of freedom of spontaneity of hope of peace and of all of those things especially if you're aspiring and you're aspiring to 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 be like something else that you maybe you don't understand and, and maybe where i go with that is i have so many students who are like they want to be like such and such person but then I'll kind of deconstruct it. I'll be like, well, yeah, you realize that person, they, you know, and this isn't, isn't bad, but they've never gotten married, nor will they ever get married. And they have crafted a life that is like this. And you're, you're engaged to be married to someone, you know, and that's like, right. you can't like trying to emulate I don't know. I don't. I'm wrestling it. No, I totally get that. It comes. It it comes back to the my pastor saying you're not going to be a rock star. Yeah, yeah. Like you're on a different path. You are. Yeah. And 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 also, I think it's it's good to to realize to kind of take your heroes and put them in perspective. Yeah. And and to say uh, another good one was I. There's a another singer songwriter that I followed that put out a, a a workshop series last year. And it was basically like work, the working class musician. And okay. he was basically teaching, here's how you actually do it. This is how you make a middle-class income being somewhat famous as a singer songwriter. Yeah. And it was really sobering for a lot of people. Yeah. And then there were other people who were trying to cut, you know, trying to make it work. They're like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Yes. But yes. for a lot of people, it, it deflates their, the dream of being a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I think it's true in a lot of industries and sports, like uh, professional surfers very often have other jobs. I mean, they may be, yeah. you know, there's, there's the elite of the elite or professional musician, same kind of thing, or, yeah. um, or photographers too. And, and, I, and I only say that I try to think of that as just a way to liberate people and, and to say, there's lots of ways to piece this together. And the thing is to try to figure out what do you value? What are, what are you really interested in as far as like geography like i know one photographer who loved montana and he got this old red barn and turned it into a studio and does outdoor adventure stuff out of montana and he's living his dream someone else that would be torture um and and the point isn't go to montana or live in la um but the point is find those things that aligns with your vision for life and how you want to live and and exactly and uh, that's that's kind of the key. And, and then also realize that we can't be we can't be everything, right? Um, you know, you can't. Um, well, let's just say go to the rock star. Um, if you are a rock star, you're touring a certain amount of years, so you can't 
be the volunteer in your kid's class. And that may be fine, right. but just know right. like that's kind of, you can do other things. Um, and, and so again, it's not about not doing all those. It's not a value things. judgment. It's more of there are trade-offs. Yeah, there are trade-offs and just, just explore what those are. And I think that's that. And then maybe back to the whole comparing to other people, we, you know, that famous quote, comparison is a thief of joy. When we compare, we often lose joy. And what happens, this may be what I'm trying to say. Often I find my students are comparing themselves to someone who is so different than they are. And maybe on a basic level, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but there's someone I know who I'm like, man, this guy's living the dream and how do they pull it off? And the, the amount of land they have and the amount of stuff. And they're really, really elite in what they do. But then I come to find out trust fund and I'm like, Oh, like they had literally have a money tree. So to compare myself to that person, it's just a mismatch. It's, it's right. You know, it's not good or bad or it's great for them. They've done a lot with that, that thing, but it's, it would be, it would be stupid for me to to be like compare what car I drive versus what car he drives or yeah. to compare oh, that's good the marketing I do compared to the marketing he does or whatever and, and and vice versa I mean he probably has his people he compares to who has a trust fund that has more of a trust fund right or right, or right. <laughs> oh that's so good um, yeah anyway you know yeah. Maybe what it is too. Maybe what it's gratitude. It's like gratitude is the engine for it. So the time once we start comparing, we become ungrateful, we lose joy. But once we can just be grateful for all the stuff, who we are, where we are, what we value, that's when the fire starts. That's it right there. Yeah. This has been fantastic. So um, I always ask, you've, you've thrown a couple of suggestions out there. Is there anybody aside from Ben Moon and Glenn Phillips that I should consider interviewing? Yeah, let me think about that real quick. Those are, those are some pretty amazing suggestions, yeah. by the way. So. I mean, the three I would say you should do would be um, Daniel Norris. The, the, he's a photographer uh-huh. and pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Um, yep. He would do it, I'm sure, Ben Moon and Glenn Phillips. I think the three of them would provide a really, really fascinating take on photography. Even Daniel Norris from the sense of he's a pro baseball player who also shoots. And yeah. being a pro baseball player is exciting, but I think there are a lot of people who are pro whatever. They're pro, um, you know, they, they work kind of a day job, but and that's the beauty of photography. You know, I have one friend who travels for work, but he shoots landscapes every time he travels and he's built up yeah. this amazing portfolio. So I like looking at people who are in these different slices. Ben Moon has written a book, done a movie, done, you know, he's yep. done so many different things. And then Glenn Phillips, um, you know, that, he's just a creative artist. Um, and yeah. it'd be interesting to hear about his thoughts on photography. Um, yeah. So anyway, those well, are the I, that would, he's kind of one of my musical heroes. So okay. that'd be, uh, pretty fun. So, um, where can people find, the most up-to-date stuff? Like, what do you want to share with people? If they want to come and see what you're up to and what you do, what's the best place to look? Yeah, I think if they want to see my experiment and kind of news and, and experiment and living and sharing, that's Instagram, of course, just my name. I think if they're interested in more of the soulful conversation that we've had, say, about photography, I have a book called Authentic Portraits that I think creates space for that conversation. And then the last one, I would say, if they're more into tutorials and just learning 
how does Lightroom or Photoshop work, but how do I approach that tool from a mindful perspective, which is what I try to do, um, try to add a little bit of, um, not overdo it, but add a little bit of that. I have a training website. It's my name and then the word train, Chris Orwig training. So there's, there's way too many things <laughs> for someone to look <laughs> into. <laughs> but what I do, what I do say with all that stuff, cause I, you know, I've worked with a lot of students and I've taught workshops and I teach at conferences and all this stuff is, is, is more than anything is be a little selective with who you follow. So maybe mm. don't follow me. <laughs> maybe you're already <laughs> following 50 photographers. Do not follow 51. Um, one of my mentors often said that with workshops, you don't want to take workshops from 10 different people. You're just going to be a confused photographer. who can't really do mm. anything. Um, maybe over a lifetime, but, but not over five years. And so if anything, you know, I, this is the horrible plug for myself, but it would be to unfollow some of the people you're following and minimize some of the voices so you don't have competing voices. And it's the same thing I would say, like when you buy a lens, buy it, get to know it, don't buy 10 lenses at once, you know, right. um, and settle into that. Or if there's a landscape that, you know, you want to get good at landscape photography, photograph one landscape and visit it every day for a month, you'll get really good at landscape photography, but don't travel right. to 30 different places. Um, yeah. And so that, that, that's my only thing. Um, and that then as you're listening and learning to whoever it is, I think the, the biggest thing, cause we were talking about this earlier with like people coming from different perspectives and I have my own is, is just asking what are a few takeaways that I can, I can, I can walk away from this with like my acting fr coach friend, my only takeaway from him really, I mean, not to belittle the, the, things I've learned about acting was the thing about emotion zero to 10. And I, I guess sat in on, you know, one of his classes and I've talked to him. So let's say out of four hours of conversation for me, it's all about zero to 10 and, and it's an approach to education and approach to podcasts because what happens is otherwise we just listen to these as entertainment. We sure. watch them and we're entertaining. We kind of think we know, but we really don't know. We kind of know a lot, but we forget it all. I, I'm always like, okay, walk, walk away with one thing and then yeah. do that one thing. So, so that's, that's why fair. I guess I'm a little hesitant to, to say, sign up for the training, buy the book, follow the Instagram. You know, it's like, maybe if, if you're in that right space, same thing with my kids, I wouldn't say like surf these big waves and this waves and do this <laughs> and learn this technique. You know, it's like, no, like ask yourself, where are you on the journey? What do you think are some of your areas where you need to grow in like for me asking myself that it's subtlety so i need to then seek out some mentors some literature some things that are going to help me develop that muscle um versus just like going to the gym and use every machine in the gym and think that gets you strong I, it, it doesn't um it gets you exhausted right. and it gets you injured and nobody wins you just can't help giving deep answers here. <laughs> ah, man, it's so bad. I think, um, I think part no, of the I problem, <laughs> part of the problem, man, is like, I'm just excited to talk with someone and you know, all this COVID stuff. It's, it's nice to share. Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I, I find that so many of the people that I get on the phone with photographers, they just want, we, we just, nobody wants to hang up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's because we're geeky. Like we said in the beginning, it's a summer camp friends. I'm like, I just want to stay yeah, at yeah. summer camp forever. This is great. But then yeah. I, cause I feel like, I don't know if it's like this for you, but I leave and my friends don't even really know what I do, nor do they care about what I do. Um, I mean, they kind of know, but they're just like, they, they like, so 
do you like have a job or like, when do you go to work? And you know, I'm like, do you just sit I, at a computer all day long and look <laughs> yeah. at pictures? <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't know. What what do you, how was your day? <laughs> I just, I can't even explain it. Um, but, uh, it is, it's nice. And that's, it's awesome. You're creating this kind of space for these conversations because well <laughs> i think we need them right we we need to, yeah. to hear each other's voices more well and i appreciate you taking the time to do this it's it's meaningful to me as well that's like i said it's it's a there's selfish motivation in here i get to i get to meet and talk to some really interesting people and believe me this is one i'm going to be i'll be re-listening to this to kind of take notes um you, you've shared some pretty some pretty uh some stuff that hits home for me yeah, take notes and edit it out so it's <laughs> my answers are so long. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good. Well, thanks, Chris. It's it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm glad we uh, established the friendship this way, and I look forward to more conversation. Let's talk again offline and then meet up at some point in real life. For sure. Yeah, yeah I'd love to. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Share it with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Also, I'm open to suggestions for interesting people to interview. So if you know of someone I should talk to, please reach out. You can reach out to me via the email link in the show notes, or you can send a message on Instagram or Facebook with the handle at GoTakePictures. New episodes are on the way soon, and if you subscribe, you'll get them as soon as they drop. But in the meantime, go take pictures.